goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome, my friends, to the Thursday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour here on WABC. It is Thursday, which means we'll be taking your calls. 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us. 800-848-9222. It's Thursday, which means Andrew Giuliani is in the house. And I just love Thursdays because of that. Hello, Andrew. Uh, James, always great being with you, my friend. Oh, man, I so look forward to our chats. Let's get started, Andrew. Okay, immigration is big in the news. I want to talk about the uh, the text from from Nathan Wade and Da Fanny. But before we do that, uh, Donald Trump hit the ground in Eagle Pass, Texas. Eagle Pass, of course, has been in the news, one of the places uh, where illegal entry into this country has just, they've been overwhelmed down in Eagle Pass. By the way, Andrew, Last night I saw a story that put the number of illegal entries into the United States at 10 million since yep. Biden. 10 million. Yeah. No, it's, it's tough to fathom, but it really is true. And look, as you, you know, go a couple blocks away from WABC Studios right to the Roosevelt Hotel, you can see exactly what this is doing to New York City, what this is doing to the country. And uh, look, I know the Biden administration for the last couple of weeks have been trying to spin this as a Republican. The problem the Republicans don't want to address this in any type of legislation. Well, look, it's just not true. Here's two examples of how Biden can actually fix this. One, as Speaker Johnson said yesterday, in front of the White House at Pebble Beach there, right by the White House where the press meets, he believes the, the White House could do this with executive action today. And then secondly, if the White House wanted to address it, but guess what? They could have allowed the state of Texas to continue to actually enforce their own border without suing them because, yes, it was the Biden administration that sued them. So I think it's actually great for President Trump to be there to show the difference that actually was immigration enforcement under the Trump administration and sadly what has been uh, this plight on our country under Joe Biden the last three years. Now, I, by the way, love some of the pictures, some of the images coming out of Eagle Pass. It was a big group. The uh, Daily Mail UK caught them in a the picture of they. Some of them had signs "Latinos for Trump," et cetera, et cetera. Dispel all of these notions that, of course, the the, the legacy media has been trying to perpetuate about Donald Trump's base for years. And he has quite a diverse base, and they're on, and they're showing up down in Eagle Pass, Texas. He is vowing that he will carry out the largest domestic deportation operation in American history. Is that the language that Americans want to hear? I think when you look at what's going on now, I, I think you're absolutely right. And by the way, I, I want to address to why I think you know his de- the demographics, if you will, of who's supporting this, starting to grow whether or not you're white, Hispanic, black, whatever it is. I'll tell you why, because Donald Trump never really focuses on demographics, right? You never hear Donald Trump saying, look, I'm going to address Latinos. I'm going to address, you know, white Americans. I'm going to address black Americans. I'm going to address 
gay Americans. He's always talking about American exceptionalism. I'm going to address Americans that actually want to make sure that they can build a better country for the next generation. I think because of that, I think more and more Americans are starting to see that this is a guy that gives them the best chance to actually succeed, especially what you've seen over the last three years. But I do think considering you have, going back to your original question there, James, I think considering what we've seen, that number that you're saying now, 10 million, that's also the number that I've seen as well, 10 million illegal migrants coming through. Um, I mean, you're talking about fundamentally changing so many of the communities in our country. And look, you know, let's be honest. A lot of these people that are coming in, they're not families. You, you can see this here at the Roosevelt Hotel. You can see this other place in New York. You're having a lot of young men in their 20s. Uh, and you wonder, what are the reasons? Why are they coming in now? Why are they coming in in the numbers that they are? And that's why I think that uh, I think that Trump is right when he talks about it this way. I just got a text of um, from Princess Di, actually, of Joe oh, Biden really? in and in, in, yes, and Joe Biden in in he's down in Texas too, looking at the border. Oh my, Andrew, you have to see this. The poor guy can barely walk. Yeah, this yeah, is he... this is not good. No. No, this look, is it, not it, good. At, why in the world? Okay, he can barely stand up. It, it, it's terrible. Yeah, this is frightening. It, it really is. And look, I think that uh, anybody who saw the the special counsel's report a couple of weeks ago, who you know basically uh, where it says that Joe Biden, uh, you know, is a is a vulnerable old man, somebody who would you know play that card. Um, I don't think Americans, most Americans needed to actually see those written words to actually tell them what they can see with their own two eyes, which this is a president who many times, sometimes he does, but there are many times where he doesn't seem to be in control of his own faculties. Forget about, you know, running the and being the CEO for uh, the United States of America and the leader of the free world now. And, and then on top of that, you know, you can add to the fact that I think his main ambition and the main reason why he is running for a second term is the Biden family uh, corporation, if you will, realizes that that money supply goes dry if Joe Biden is not the chief executive officer, if he's not the vice president, he's not holding office. And if Joe Biden is not the president of the United States anymore, then uh, Hunter Biden is not making the money that he is. James Biden is not making the money that he is. And I think that's the primary motivation for a Biden second term. So now you tell me, look at Donald Trump at the border. Look at what he did during the Trump administration to make sure that America was more prosperous, to make sure that it was safer, to try to really give it the best future that it possibly could be. And then look at the self-servingness of the Biden administration, why I believe he's running for a second term. And you tell me who would actually make America great again. No question who would. Uh, in Queens, let's turn our let's turn our attention to Queens for a minute. This is right off of Liberty Avenue. Um, if you're familiar with Queens, I'm very familiar with Queens, having grown up in the neighborhood next door to where this is taking place. A New York City uh, the officials have now vacated a furniture store in Queens that were housing over. Some news reports say 74, others say over 80. 89 immigrants, if you look at the conditions, it they were horrid. You had people 
just beds line. First of all, it's not zoned for this, yeah. this store. Unsafe living conditions, hazardous life-threatening conditions, lack of natural light, no ventilation, severe overcrowding, people with uh, hot, you know, hot pots and those, those electric hot dishes that you have in there just scattered around, um, beds next to each other, people sleeping in shifts, 80 migrants. And many of these migrants were from Senegal. Uh, this is Queens, New York. I don't know. Look, this part of Queens is heavily Democrat, a- a- Andrew. Yeah, let's just face facts. This is Democrat land. Do you think that these images and what is happening in Queens is going to affect any of the electorate there when they look at these pictures of what's happening in their neighborhood? Look, and I'm going to invite you people from Queens to give us a call at 800-848-WABC if you want to weigh in on this. Do you think, Andrew, that any of these pictures of what's going on in, in Queens are going to affect the way people think? I think it has to affect the way they think, whether it affects the way they vote. I don't know. I really would hope so. The way they think, the way they actually look at, um, at what's happening to their communities, I mean, you have to see it. You're not looking with your own two eyes. If you don't. And look, my wife and I always talk about this as parents. You know, we want what's best for our daughter. And if those ideas are coming out of uh, Republican mainstream, if they're coming out of Democratic mainstream, I'm willing to listen to whatever is going to make my daughter's quality of life better from an educational standpoint from a safety perspective, obviously my wife and I believe that most of those good ideas are coming from conservatism these days. Um, but you have to see, and looking at it the other way, that if, if, if you see your community is being overrun like this and, uh, and the problems with this migrant crisis is leading to a situation like this that's in your own town, um, I would have to think that there are a lot of people that are thinking twice and saying, my God, what is happening to New York City right now? And by the way, is this going to stop? Is giving migrants $15,000 on credit cards through a no-bid contract, is that going to actually stop more migrants from coming to New York? Or is that just going to be uh, basically a target on New York's back to continue to attract more situations like we see in Queens? Well, and here's a, here's something else. Uh, Politico, this is from Politico, that Biden would visit the border is no surprise. The question is, what took him so long? Yeah. Given the politically radioactive nature of the issue. His trip to Brownsville, Texas, was announced only after Trump's own plans to visit Eagle Pass, Texas, were announced, making it appear as if the president was following Trump's lead. Well, um, and, 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 and they think that this is an optics issue, Politico does. Um, Princess Diana says, this is not optics, this is substance. I think immigration has now moved to the number one substantive issue that will define the 2024 election unless something else overtakes it. And there, and by the way, there are plenty of things that could overtake it. You have Putin out there saying he's willing to take a strike at, uh, at NATO, at Western nations if they set foot in Ukraine. You have all sorts of things happening, uh, around the country. That are just the other day, I think in San Francisco, not San Francisco, in California. I, I, I read a report somewhere that they, there was enough fentanyl that has been confiscated to yeah. kill every single person on the planet. Yeah. Uh, and you, so you look at the things that are happening with the drugs, uh, with, 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 yeah. with homelessness, 
with unemployment. The Washington Post, Andrew, the Amazon Prime Washington Post the other day wrote an article bragging about the the uh, the roaring economy, and I'm laughing myself. What roaring economy? People are still <laughs> struggling to make ends meet. You have the you had the CEO of uh, of or not CEO one of the one of the head guys over at Kellogg's suggesting that people start eating cereal for dinner because you know the price of food is so high. Just just eat some cereal for dinner and save some money. You have bank banks closing branches all around the country. Macy's said they're going to get rid of a third of their stores over the next few years. What roaring economy? Yeah. But- James, you're absolutely right. And look at a couple of the things that you mentioned there. You could see how a lot of this is connected to immigration even, right? Some of the unemployment issues, right? You can see how that has a major issue with competition there, especially when you're talking about, I think, what are a lot of these uh, illegals that are coming in right now and some of the black market stuff that happens. There's a connection to that right there. So you can connect that in in particular. You know, one of the things you mentioned, uh, Joe Biden not going down to the border until after Trump, what the heck took him so long? You're absolutely right. You know, on WABC, we're live all the time. I think your listeners know that. and They're always live, no doubt. But every once in a while, there's a two or three second delay just because you have to transmit it there. Joe Biden, I think, has like about a two year delay because you know, he went to East Palestine a year <laughs> after the thing happened. Now he's going down to the border two and a half years after we knew this was a crisis. So maybe in his administration, maybe in his mind, he's got like a year and a half, two-year delay or something like that. And says, oh, you know what? The border was a problem in, uh, you know, mid-2021. Maybe we'll go down there in early 2024. That's the only thing that I can explain to this. But you're right. I think more than anything, even with all the other potential crises that's going on, I think the first thing that people are going to think about, I think it's going to be the border. And you know what? You have to credit Greg Abbott on this because a lot of people were ignoring this. A lot of the media was ignoring this until this came to New York. And remember, Greg Abbott forced the issue all around the country. Well, as soon as it became in the home of Chuck Todd and Rachel Maddow and realized, wait a second, this is only a few blocks from our studio. We may have to see this. You know, in our limos, as we're going into the studio over here, all of a sudden it was something that they couldn't ignore, that they had to talk about. When it was down in Texas, they could ignore it. They could say, oh, you know what, Texas, it's one of those flyover states. We don't have to really talk about it. There are more deplorables there than there are of us elite-minded individuals anyway. But now that it's in New York, they got to talk about it. Let's talk about other things when we come back. Uh, I want to ask you about the three Johns and, and what you think it means for Mitch McConnell to say he's stepping down in November. Uh, also, we got to talk about Duffany, the biggest <laughs> booty call in America. 1968, The Beatles. Win album of the year, best cover, best engineered recorded album at the Grammy Awards. That album... Sergeant Peppers. Sergeant Peppers Lonely Hearts Club Band on WABC Talk Radio 77. Back in a moment. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Perfect, actually. 
1996. American musician, songwriter, and record producer Wes Farrell passed away, age 56. One of the writers behind the Partridge Family TV show. This one is one of his. Wrote it in 1960. Well, it wrote it before 1965. It was a 1965 hit for the McCoys. On WABC Talk Radio 77. Girlfriend's name was Sloopy. All right, then. Uh, Andrew, <laughs> let's my, move my from Sloopy. My, my, my daughter has uh, pajamas that have Snoopy on them, but uh, I, I never had a girlfriend named Snoopy. So, Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move from uh, Sloopy to the Turtle. The Turtle, which was Russia's affectionate nickname for Mitch McConnell. The Turtle has decided November's it. He's going to stay a senator but he is going to give up the leadership position. Yesterday, when I spoke about this, I mentioned that there were three Johns that are being discussed as uh, his successor, uh, John Barrasso, um, the other ones, John Thune and John Cornyn. Well, it didn't take old Cornyn long to step up and announce that he has entered the race to succeed minority leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky. I know what my reaction is to John Cornyn. I want to get what your take is. Number one, on McConnell stepping down and uh, on the three Johns that want to succeed him. Well, it's about time. It's what I would say in terms of McConnell stepping down over here. You know, what I want from somebody who's going to lead Republicans in the Senate is somebody who's going to actually put American borders first. We're going to actually talk about the issues that we just talked about in this first segment and literally go in every single day and make sure that that is the first thing on the negotiating table. You see what the House of Representatives or Republicans in the House are doing now saying, hey, look, no, we're not going to talk about foreign aid until we actually address the problems that are happening on our borders, on American borders here. And then when we do that, then we will have that conversation. That's a conversation we should be having. But let's prioritize that. I haven't heard that from these leaders in the Senate at all. And I know McConnell takes up so much of the oxygen in there. That's not a uh, that's not a pun, considering he is old and all that, that he does take up a lot of the media oxygen in terms of Senate Republicans. Uh, but that's what I would really want out of somebody in the Senate, somebody who's going to actually work with the House leadership on that issue, understanding that the border is our number one crisis here in the United States of America right now, directly on our borders. And uh, it seems like that uh, that we just don't have that kind of leadership in the Senate that's at least willing to express it. Maybe some of the younger members are. Uh, you know, I've, I've certainly heard some of the younger guys willing to do that. Um, I'm not sure if any of these Johns are out there doing that. I, I You know what I can say? I've heard Barrasso uh, a little bit more on that. But I, the other ones, I don't know. I just haven't heard much from them in terms of that. I'm going to just tell you my reaction to John Cornyn. Hell Please. to the no. Hell <laughs> to the no. No more rhinos. No more rhinos that talk out of both sides of their mouth. No more of these squish Republicans. Hell yeah. to the no for John Cornyn. And as for yeah. John Thune, he's another one. The finger goes up in the air. Let's see which way that the wind is blowing before I make a public statement. I would be happy 
Yeah. yeah, I know it's not going to happen, Andrew. I would be happy if Ted Cruz were or Rand Paul actually mm-hmm. ascended to the Senate leadership position. Somebody well, well, that actually or Mike even Mike Lee. I'd be yeah. happy with any 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 of them. Someone that actually respects the Constitution, has a little fire in their belly, and is not just going to lay down for Democrats. Yeah, and also somebody who's efficient with our tax powers. I mean, you look at Rand Paul, when you look at a Mike Lee like this, they're actually looking and realizing this is not a blank check that they're signing every single time you're sending defense aid over to Ukraine or every single time you're pushing through this trillion-dollar legislation or that. They understand that this is actually our children's futures that you're bargaining with. And when you see when you those individuals that you talked about right there, they certainly look at this and they are fiscal conservatives when it comes to this, even libertarian when you look at Rand Paul. And, and that's and that is certainly more online with the leadership that we need out of our upper chamber in Washington, D.C. All right. Let's turn our attention to America's booty call. <laughs> it's you know what we have to laugh because otherwise we'd be crying america's booty called da fanny everyone is out to get my fanny everybody wants to see my fanny everybody likes to hold my fanny but i'm gonna make no a suggestion to president trump that he put this in his rally mix as a matter of fact i'm gonna let you know but the next time I see him and the next time I see the person in charge of his music, I'm going to recommend this song in particular. And tell him it comes from Snurdly. I will. <laughs> All right. Text from Nathan Wade, lawyer, his divorce lawyer, appear to show more than speculation about the Fanny affair. The full extent of the text has been released. This guy, it wasn't any speculation. He was actively supporting the idea that it should come out. He suggested that that uh, 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 the attorney there subpoena everybody to get the truth about this relationship. This was no idle speculation. He gets on the stand, and all of a sudden he tries to pass him off as friends of the booty, friends of the fanny and Nathan. But this guy was behind the scenes pretty much giving the lowdown on this relationship, which he authoritatively knew something about. Now, here's the issue. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how the judge is going to see this. I don't know whether anybody does. We see the text. It's clear to me that Da Fanny and Da Nathan have been lying up a storm about the timeline of their relationship. It's clear they've been lying. I don't know whether a judge will look at this and see the things that we see and say, you know what, these people are lying and this should go. But I don't see, uh, Andrew, how she can continue on prosecuting this case after this information has come out. You're absolutely right. And I think when you do look at the text messages between Trump's lawyer and Nathan Wade's former partner, Merchant, I believe his name is, when she asked him what, if this relationship started before, uh, before he took the, she took the case, and he said, absolutely. I mean, there was no hesitation in all this. There was, you know, 100%. There wasn't like, ah, I'm thinking this. It was 100%, I think. I think the judge overseeing this and seeing what Merchant said the other day, I think he asked him. Merchant was the attorney. It's a, it's, yeah, yeah. Bradley is the guy's name. Bradley. 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 Uh, You're right. Exactly. Wade's former law partner 
who was the one who was on the stand the other day. You're right. I'm getting the names confused there. Um, but I think the judge has to look at what Bradley has said, Wade's former uh, law partner, on the stand just the other day. I mean, that has to be when you see these text messages messages perjuring themselves. I mean, it's that simple. When you look at this thing, you can't look at it another way. And I know, you know, the, the, that Wade's uh, defense counsel will say, well, you know what, he wasn't under oath in sending these text messages. But he absolutely is representing something completely different than he represented on the stand the other day. Look, we all know it. You know it. Fanny, Nathan Wade, they are 100 percent corrupt on all this. And I would be shocked if this judge doesn't throw them off this case. Boom. That's it. That's our time. Andrew, as always, what a pleasure. Andrew Giuliani, ladies and gentlemen. Look forward to catching up with you next week. Dave Clark 5, take us in. On this day, Mike Smith, the lead singer of the Dave Clark Five, passed away pneumonia in Buckinghamshire, England, 64 years old. Buckinghamshire. Thank you. You're welcome. Very good. I mean, you being a Singapore resident and a Singapore national would know. Uh, I'm actually Chinese, remember? Oh, that's right. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Davy Jones. Manchester born, lead singer with the Monkees. Passed away at his home in Florida. Had a massive heart attack. The monkeys. I'm a believer. On WABC Talk Radio 77. Yeah, I'm a believer. You know, uh, let me. We're going to get to the phones really quickly. I want to hear what you have to say. There is a interesting article. This deals with my friends. Foreign policy. Foreign policy. There's a very interesting article in Politico today, what's going on in the Netherlands. And I. this is a warning. This is a warning to the United States of America. Gert Wilders won the election there, but he doesn't have enough uh, seats for them to form the government. This is the parliamentary system. So they have to form a coalition government there doesn't have enough seats to to actually win the government. He is considered by the press. Now, I read this. This is in the leftist press. It's Politico. Wilders, who stood on an anti-migrant, all that means is he wants safe borders for for his country in the Netherlands. Euroskeptic means he doesn't go along with this European Union nonsense. Has previously called for the Quran to be banned. Romped to a shocked victory in the nationwide election in the Netherlands. And in the months since then, they've been trying to form a government. He is now trying to, to, to deal with the head of the former citizens movement. Why is all this important? They are trying in the Netherlands to force some of their farmers to sell off their farms, to get out of the farming business, 
And these farmers are like, hell no, we're farmers. They, they are demanding we want less farming. You know why? Because of nitrogen, nitrogen laws. What do nitrogen have to do with farming? Manure. Here's the deal. The farmers in the Netherlands, according to these bureaucrats at the European Union, put too much manure. They use too much manure. And that manure is so bad because it's high levels of nitrogen. And that's bad for global warming. So we want to force these people out of their livelihood, tell them they can't use as much manure, and just kick them out. You've been farmers for generations. Too bad. We need less of you. And these farmers are now trying to rally around Gert Wilders and others. It is an, in, why, this is an important issue. You look at the mandates, and now look at what they're trying to do here. They're trying to tell you that you have to get rid of your stoves. You can't use gas stoves. You have to, you're mandated. Oh, we're going to take away your gasoline vehicles. We're going to do this. We are headed down this path. This is turning into a big deal. I would not be surprised at all if Netherlands follows Britain's lead in future years and just said we've had enough of this European Union. I would actually not be surprised if in the next decade and a half, two decades, the European Union starts to fall apart over this issue. They have mandates. These people are so aggressive with this global warming crap. They are upsetting the lives of the people in these countries. And now their rebellion is starting to happen in some quarters. The farmers over there have had enough. The protests are getting more and more, I don't want to use the word violent, but they are getting more and more aggressive in Brussels and in some of these other locations. This is a huge issue, and it's going to become a bigger issue in Europe. That issue is headed here with these climate mandates. And the Biden administration is just shoving these mandates down America's throats right and left, as well as your Governor Hochul with this business of getting rid of your gas stoves. These people are relentless. And this congestion pricing that's on the way, this is all part of the same movement. And people are finally waking up and saying, we've had enough of these left-wing lunatic wackos telling us how we have to live. You're seeing it in Europe. You're going to see it more and more here. Let's head to the telephones, Debbie, in Staten Island. You are up first. How are you, Debbie? I'm good, Bo. I'm good. I'm glad you didn't put me on rapid phones because I'm a couple of singing that song about Fanny around the house. <laughs> and the more I observe the <laughs> the more I observe the Democratic Party from slavery up until now, with the uh, policies on policies on abortion up to birth, defunding the police, weaponizing the DOJ trying to destroy a human being, Donald Trump, illegals coming in and committing crimes, including murder. I can say without a shadow of a doubt that there is no connection to humanity with these people because when they are confronted with the problems that they have created, all they do is read from a pre-scripted speech and spew their narrative with no compassion for human life, like that guy did in Georgia for that poor girl that was murdered by the illegal. They have no connection to humanity. 
And that's why I'm going to just I'm, I'm going to just bounce you off. Katie Porter, Representative Katie Porter was asked about the death of that young girl. You know what she said? She said, well, we can't do policy on the death of one person. That was her oh, response. With George Floyd. Didn't yeah. they change policy with George Floyd? That one person? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. go. And what you said, disconnected from humanity, absolutely right. Great call, Debbie. Thank you. Let's go to Barbara in New York. Barbara, you're up next. Hi, Bose. I uh, listen to you all the time. First time caller. Here's my question. Is Letitia James going to investigate the banks that loaned Mr. Trump the money? Uh, Your question okay. is brilliant. It's a brilliant question. What do you think? Is she? Do you expect her to do it? Oh, she should, because it's the bank's due diligence to figure out if that uh-huh. property is worth the value or not. Not Mr. Trump. And That's done all the time in commercial property. They inflate the value. He did and this is why, he paid the loan back. I, I don't this get is it. Why, this is why your question is so brilliant. It is absolutely, it is absolutely the bank's responsibility to do diligence on loans. And at any time, they could have come back and said, Trump, you're overinflating these properties. We're not going to loan you the money. Instead, they loaned him the money. They got paid back. There was no crime here. This is a political crime. And Letitia James, who, by the way, I just talked about these environmental laws. She's suing. I got to dig out that story. She's suing one of the biggest beef processors in the world because she says they're affecting climate change. These power-mad liberals have weaponized government to go after their enemies, whether it's Donald Trump politically whether it's businesses, because these businesses, they think are on the wrong side of the liberal agenda. And you're absolutely right. Barbara, this was a brilliant question that you raised. Thank you. Smitty in New Jersey, you're up next. Hey, pal. How are you, sir? Always a pleasure. Thank you. Sorry. Um, Real quick, I wanted to take this from a different angle. Um, I was asking uh, the guy who answered the phone, Imagine this is like a Weinstein slash uh, Bill Cosby situation with Joe Biden. He knows he's going to get in trouble legally and stuff, and he just acts like he's sicker than he is. So they can let him off on all these things that he's done wrong, like, oh, he's too old. Here's the problem with your analysis. Here's the problem with that analysis. Weinstein's in jail. It didn't twerk. Bill Cosby was in jail, and he was legally blind, I think, at the time. It didn't twerk. This is not, in my view, an act. You can't act what Biden is doing. No one is that good an actor. Not even, not even the Hollywood actors are that good. Poor Joe is really suffering. And this, um, and, and no, I don't think it's an act. I, I understand your question. They're, no, this is, and, and this is what has the Democrat Party scared. They see it too. They know how unprepared he is for a second term. And they are petrified. Thank you for the call, Smitty. Great call. Uh, Robert in Brooklyn, New York. You're up next. Hi, Bob. Thanks for taking my call. You know, this war on farming that you're talking about and beef as well, cows, you know, that's part of the reason, in addition to the 
restriction on drilling for oil is part of the reasons why food is so expensive. And, you know, this, along with the horrific mutilation of the children, is depopulating the, the population. And then they're allowing all these immigrants to come in. Uh, but the, now another point I just want to bring out is like McConnell. You know, he needs to be replaced with someone, as you said, who's not a rhino. Hopefully a senator who has, you know, spoken up against the horrific treatment against Trump and Rudy and the J sectors. We want someone who's a real senator who's going to fight for the cause, who's going to stand up for what's right, including the horrific abuse of the judicial system. And the last point I want to talk about is the New York State. You know, we, besides nationally, the New York State Republican leadership is horrific. The horrific selection of the rhino. The I have a suggestion. Of- I have a suggestion. You get involved and run for Senate for New York leadership. You have your head on straight. You take it over. And I'm not kidding, and I'm not being facetious either. We need people like you actually running the leadership. Think about it. All right, folks, we got to check in with Lou Dobbs. Jay, ja Rule takes us in. Jay Rule. Ja Rule takes us in. It's his birthday today. Born in 1976. Time to check in with Lou Dobbs. Coming back right after this. Don't go away. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On this day in 2012, Roland Batista passed away. Natural causes. Tom Waits, Jackson 5, B.B. King, Ramsey Lewis, Randy Crawford, George Duke. He worked with all of them. He was a guitarist and a session a session musician, well-known session musician, but also was a member Earth, Wind, and Fire. I just want to mention quickly, um, Senator Fetterman, you know, who has had some issues, John Fetterman, and I have said some things. I, I don't think I've ever been cruel to John Fetterman. I try not to be cruel to anybody. But I just have to tell you that I'm very moved by something that he did. As you know, uh, you probably know, Lauren Boebert, son has been arrested. Now they're saying he had a sex, take out, a sex tape out. He's 18 years old. She has been relentlessly ridiculed online. Democrat from Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, is calling out. He said he's asking people on social media to show a little restraint. He said this is a family in crisis. And the recreational cruelty I see on social media needs to be out of bounds. I know the impact that this has on children. I'm calling for restraint because cruelty has substantial collateral damage. We can't ever forget that they didn't sign up for this, speaking of these children. And I just want to say to Senator Fetterman, wow, right on. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. 
Let us start with Mario in Rockland County. You're up first on Rapid Phones. How are you, Mario? All right, Bo. Yourself? Very good. Listen, I called about Mitch McConnell, but I want to get a quick trivia. Uh, the McCoys, Hang On Sloopy, Rick Derringer, 16 years old, guitar player. Don't know. Tell me who. No, Rick Derringer. He was the guitar player. He, he was, was the guitar 16. player, Rick Derringer. Oh, yeah, wow, okay. 16. And uh, um, Dave Clark 5, uh, Because, was one of the prettiest songs ever. We have to play that one day. You better get to your point because the clock is ticking. What'd you call in for? Mitch McConnell's not leaving in November. If you listen to his uh, little speech there, he said he's going. They're going to vote somebody to replace him in November. He they won't be taking over till the new year. Boom. Let us go to Mark in Long Island. Mark, you're up next. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, James. The main point you mentioned about farms, and I'll make it even quicker because it is rapid phones. All these nutrients, nitrogen, CO2, they all just cycle naturally through the system. All of us take up nitrogen. All of us take up carbon. A farmer grows the plant, you eat it. Then guess what? You took the nitrogen from that plant, then you craft it out, and then it got picked up for fertilizer for another plant. In New York City, they have the Billion Oyster Project. Every one of those oysters that eats algae, every one of those oysters produces nitrogenous waste. Absolutely right. Uh, Mark, I want you to call back in sometime when we have more time and walk everybody through that again. And that's why one of, one of the reasons these farmers are so upset, they understand these cycles better than anyone else. Rick in New Jersey, you're up next. Yes, James, they're definitely trying to take away our food. And I'll give you an example of when they cause a specific genocide. At the end of the Bush administration and the beginning of Barack Obama, they mandated 3% of our food crops to go to biofuel, another 3% under Obama, 3% under Bush. It caused food riots in 20 countries, and tens of thousands, over 10,000 people died in the riots alone. That doesn't count how many people starved to death. You can look up the story under biofuel-caused food crisis. Wow. And let me just say something else to you. I don't have time to talk about it. Rachel Carson, DDT. You talk about an environmentalist scam that cost people their lives. This ban on DDT cost millions, millions of deaths around the world. One of the biggest hoaxes ever played on humanity. Oh, time is up. I'm just being accused of being cruel to the fanny. I am never cruel to the fanny. In fact, one might say I have shown the fanny nothing but love. As you should. America, yes, as we all should. America's booty call, the fanny. Anyway, may God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your families, and your loved ones. Love and gratitude for being here with you and allowing you to be with me. What did I say? No. Yes. Anyway, I have gratitude for you being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we're back tomorrow at 4. For Bo's and Rush Hour, the Friday edition. Until then, bye.